I gotta fucking tell you, man. My dog yeah. ate my headgear. Your boxing headgear, huh? Yes, my hundred dollar headgear. Where did you leave it that your dog got to? Because you know by no, now no, your no. dog will no, eat. Things. I know. I left it up on a shelf. I didn't leave it. How high is eat. the shelf? You know, it's my bookshelf, so third shelf up, and it's only four shelves. So, like, eye level for you? Yes. Okay. I mean, your dog's pretty big. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm just saying... Are you putting this on me? A little bit. You're putting the dog eating the headgear on me? I'm putting you leaving the headgear in the dog's reach. What do you mean? It's the third shelf up! Did the dog eat it? He did. Then it's in the dog's reach. <laughs> how the fuck am I supposed to know that? He's never grabbed anything from there before. Well, now you know. That's how he, he's teaching you things. Fuck that. Uh, welcome, everyone, to a special Ask Mike Anything episode of Pancon Podcast. Welcome to Pancon Podcast. That's right. The uh, AMAs of 2020. I like that you're adding the of 2020. Yeah, well, it's the 2020 this. version, right? It's We're true, done. it's true. This is going to be it. It's true. The yeah. Pancom podcast is coming to, the, to an end for the year. That's right. Because well, this fucking year is almost over. It's almost over. For fuck's sake. Uh... We will we'll record more of these, but we're going to hold on to this, and this will be the last episode of the year. Yeah. Uh, and what we did was we we uh, put up on Instagram a field for people to uh, submit questions for this episode. You could ask Mike anything. We're going to ask him all the things. I never guaranteed anyone that you would answer all the things. That's correct. I have no faith that you will actually answer all the questions. There may be things you don't want to answer. How many questions do we have? Too many. No, uh, but give me a number. I'm I, Honestly, I'm not sure, but we're going to find out. Here's what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. All we're, right. We're going to do this for... We usually go for about an hour. All right. We're going to go for an hour. If we're still going after an hour, anything that happens after 60 minutes, Patreon exclusive. You'll have to listen on Patreon. That's how you get yourself a mug. That's how you get yourself a mug. It's incredible to me that these mugs actually exist. Philip Bennett and Mabel de Bonsa both have Punk Clap it up, mugs. everyone. Nave team here. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. First day back. <laughs> whoop, whoop. All right. Okay, so uh, from here on out, I'm going to participate very little other than to act as the, uh, you know, in the person of our, our listeners who had all oh, of these man, things this is going to gonna be good. Uh, first question. What is your favorite episode of Pancom Podcast? Oh, that's a good question. That's tough because we've had 64 episodes. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not going to say who asked them because it wasn't. We never stipulated that we let people know. So I don't want to know. I don't want to know who asked. There these, you go. That's yeah, probably for these the crazy best. questions. You know, the episode with Norman was obviously a big deal for me. I mean, the guy's like a mentor, culinary godfather type for me. So I thought that uh, I had the opportunity to thank him for a lot of things that he did for me, which was great. You know. I always loved talking to Kush. I thought that was a very good episode. The The episode with uh, Rosa Maria was incredible. Yep. Um, you got to pick one, though. This is a I have question. to. I have this to is, pick which one. Which is your favorite? My favorite? Episode. Remember, it's not the best. It's just your favorite. It's, yeah, it's, that's true. It, it doesn't have to be the best. It's my, I, you know, it's crazy because I don't remember all the people that we've talked to. I think I think it's easy. I just the one that I had the most fun with okay. that I I don't even remember was Falco, John Falco, and and it's because I actually had dinner with Falco two days ago and we just talked about I saw a how picture. much yeah you how were much in yeah, shape. yeah I actually wasn't in rough I was the only person at that table not in rough shape I was just full but. Um, 
the fact that it was so much fun and it was such a shit day and we just had like we got super hammered um and we you know it was a great conversation. I sent Nick a text. I said, hey, man, are we still on for tonight? No stress if no. I was like, <laughs> I totally didn't want to fucking come. And Nick sent me this, all one word, no spaces, with an exclamation point. Yes, sir! Yeah, there it is. And I was like, fuck. I think that was one of, that was definitely my favorite of the year. Good stuff. So John Falco, favorite guest ever. He's episode. still a jerk, though. Can I tell you a funny story about Falco? Sure. When we were at dinner the other day. Uh, one of the people at the table turns around to a, a table behind us and said, listen, if you had to guess what everyone at this table does for a living, can you please tell me? And the table was like, sure. Okay. Looked at Kush, said, you're you're a cop. I said, okay. And I was like, well, that's good. You look like the cop for yeah, training day. Yes, cop so good. And then I looked at Falco and was like, you look like you're on the geek squad at Best Buy. <laughs> I lost my shit. I, I don't know if I see it, but I saw it, and I thought it was it was excellent, and it was it was very good. What they say about you? That I look like I sell drugs. Sure, yeah, <laughs> it's the one dread. It's the exhibit look right now. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Hey, yo, I heard you like podcasts, so we put a podcast on your podcast, so you That's can podcast. What I do. That's what I do. Pimp your podcast. Pimp your pimp this podcast. All right, next question. Top three, and again, you have to actually pick three, uh-huh. and you had time for this. Okay. Because you knew. Top three non-Sade songs to play in the kitchen. Oh, top three? Yeah. Right now. Well, it's different because, you know, like, every year it definitely changes. Okay. So right now I'm definitely on that Russ Chomp thing. Like that. Um, songs, the, though. The song, the, the Inside Job, is definitely, like, number one. Okay. For sure. I got to look at the thing here. Or um, you could go, like, just all time. Like, if you had to pick three that we're just going to be on a loop. On a loop. Forever. In the kitchen. You can listen to other things outside of the kitchen, but three in the kitchen. Man, that's so tough. Can I Live by Jay-Z. Okay. It's definitely one. Um, Tab Benoit Medicine. Uh, it's actually uh, Darkness is the one Tab Benoit song. Um, and I would say that the last one would be, would be Spodiote Dopalicious by Outkast. Those would be, in my all-time, those are three songs that are on a loop in the kitchen at in all the kitchen. Yeah. So That what, are not Sade. So what about those songs for the kitchen specifically? Is it just like the energy of them? Well, I don't know. Spodiote Dopalicious, I've always felt like that is just very much the vibe. Like I want it to be, I want everyone to feel in that outcast kind of mood when okay. they're eating my food. Okay. Which is tough, but uh, I get, like, it, to me, that's what I envision. Um, what is the other song I said? Oh, Tab Benoit. Like, the thing about Tab Benoit, for people who don't know who that is, New Orleans singer, um, been around for, like, 20-plus years. Uh, from, like, a from a blues perspective, modern blues perspective, the guy is a legend. And that song, Darkness, it just makes you, like, feel... A lot, and I I always love that. What was, oh, and can I live by Jay Z? It just like, it's a big like. Can I just do my thing? Yeah, and I, I love that. Okay, how does it feel to play second fiddle to Petey the dog? I mean, it makes sense though. I it doesn't. I I don't. I feel like totally okay with that because, I mean, Petey, he's over here somewhere. I mean, he's such a legend. It's true. I mean, he's a legend, a legend living and a legend walking, and I, I'm totally okay with it. Okay. 
hundred percent. There you go. There's your answer. Yeah. What's the secret to making award-winning chili? Also, will this be on the secret menu? <laughs> I have to be honest. I don't even really like my chili. This is a big uh, misnomer. I won no awards for chili at all ever in my life. And actually, my favorite chili comes from one of our corporate chefs, Veronica Valdivia. And I don't even think that I make good chili. Okay. So if is there a secret to hers? I don't, you got to fucking ask her. I don't okay. fucking know. All right. Good. Yeah. Good answer. So it, let's just so that people feel like they learned about your chili. Uh-huh. What don't you like about your chili? Do you even have a chili you'd say is your chili? Because no, you don't I, like don't, it, I don't. I don't. I don't. Because the the question with chili is like, does it have beans or does it not have beans? Wait, well, have you not figured out an answer? I haven't. Okay. I don't really know. You eat, have you eaten a lot of chili in your life? I wouldn't say it's not something that I seek out. I've had a decent amount of chili. Okay. I, I mean, for me, I don't. I don't know if I have a chili. I like the beans. I like the beans. I like the beans. But are the beans a thing or are they not a thing? Yeah. Have you had Cincinnati style chili? No. It's like uh, very, very finely ground pigadillo, but like super fine. Like I had a drink in some Cincinnati people use it once. as a, that's it. Some people I've never use really it as like a there. spaghetti sauce. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a Have thing. you ever had a spaghetti sandwich? No, that's for a different podcast. Okay, all right. Why is Marty your number one favorite artist to play while doing number two? <laughs> because he just makes you feel good. Like you could really get the job done and do it well. Blowback right. freestyle. My blowback without squeezing the thing is so seamless. Blowback is a good <laughs> your number two blowback is not what you're going for there. Oh man. Uh, Alright, so what is the likelihood of Chug's menu items being available at Ariette? They are currently already available. Which ones? Pastelitos became available last week. Uh, and the pancake. The pancake actually originated at Ariette. For a small stint, then went to Chugs, and now is back at area. Is a taco a sandwich? I had so many conversations about this, and I don't think it's a sandwich. Tell me why. For, let's start with this. What makes us? How do you define sandwich? Two pieces of bread, okay, and stuff. Okay. And the taco is one one piece of taco shell. So here's a question. Okay. Most let's like a lot of. Um, messier subs will not completely separate the two breads. That's a good point. Meatball sub. But, you know, I had this conversation actually over dinner two days ago. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Falco did a whole episode of his podcast about this. (laughs) And I told him I was very upset about his answer. What was his answer? I don't remember. The answer they settled on was that it was two independent pieces of bread. Right. Which I think disqualifies a lot of things that most people agree are sandwiches. Because you don't go all the way through with the cut. And also... This was the definition his podcasting partner came up with that he agreed with by the end. Said there had to be meat, and that takes all kinds of things out of the equation. Oh, peanut butter and jelly is a sandwich. That's what I said. I mean, my and I, <clears throat> people who have that thing, it's like you can easily cut the bread for a sub, and you could easily cut the bread for a hot dog. You know, so that's a that's a good question. I think it's thick, and I think it we we could. We could go on this for actually. But let tacos, me ask. Hold tacos, on. Not Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Is go is a taco a sandwich? Talking to the microphone over here. This is a taco is not a sandwich. A taco is a taco. But why? Like uh, what? What makes a sandwich a sandwich? I mean, I think sandwich. I think bread. Okay. So a taco, even a soft shell or a hard shell taco, I would not consider it a sandwich. Do the is a hot dog a sandwich? A hot dog's not a sandwich either. Now, why, oh. is, why isn't a hot dog a sandwich? Because a hot dog's a hot dog. But I mean, it's got it the bread. A, 
It's technically is, but it's not. Okay. It's technically. It sounds like you land where I land. Technically it is, but it's stupid if you call it a sandwich. I agree. I mean, are you going to go to Chicago and say you want a hot dog sandwich? No. No. Are you going to go go to Mexico and ask for a sandwich? No, you're going to ask for a taco. Right? Absolutely. They look at you like you're fucking crazy. I'm with you because I think it's the bread. I think. But let me ask you, is a quesadilla a sandwich then? Quesadilla is still not a sandwich. That's a good, but this is a good question. I mean, t- <laughs> it's closer to a sandwich than a taco is. This is good. What about a soft shell taco? Now you're talking about. But a hard, a hard shell taco. But that's a, that's another, that's another thing. Is it? Are we talking about soft shell tacos or are we talking hard shell tacos? Maybe there's a difference. Maybe it matters. I mean, a taco is not a sandwich. For the most part, you gotta think taco when you think soft shell. Not too many legit. Tacos are hard, are hard shell. I don't like hard shell. Me either. Uh, okay. It gets all crackly. It's a mess. Sure. That's uh, Chef Justin Flint, my chef Thank partner you, from Nave, putting in his input here on uh, is a taco a sandwich? And we've unpacked the fact that it is not a sandwich. It is a taco. There you go. You heard it here first. Next question. Why are red onions and cabbage purple? I don't know the answer to that. Okay. How and when... Did you first meet Nick? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, Mike uh, Ortiz, the owner of Jojo Tea, a very dear friend and a very crazy person in a very great way, came to dinner two days ago, three days ago, Sunday, and uh, we actually, we spoke about you. Oh? Yeah. Wow. And I remember, I remember the day that, because oh, we had a previous podcast called uh, Tea Time with Mike and Mike. That's right. And it was actually, it was uh, in uh, such a great, great podcast also. And uh, one day Mike comes up to me. He's like, hey, you know, why, uh, Mike, uh, there's this guy, Nick, and he wants to. Uh, I love wants, this Mike Ortiz impression. He wants to do this. Uh, he wants to do our podcast for us. I go, what does that mean? So, you know, he's going to help us get ads and he's going to do this thing. And it's, you know, and then we got to pay him. I said, well, I'm not paying him. <laughs> And he goes, what do you mean? I go, nah, I'm not paying him. It's, that was never what I proposed, by the way. Well, I'm just, I'm just telling you yeah, how, yeah, how yeah. I heard your name for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you showed up with all the things, and I was like, eh, this guy's pretty good at his job. Okay. That's how, that, I think that's how we first met. No, no, yeah, we definitely first met through that podcast. Right. What was being said about me in this uh, when Mike came over? No, that was it. That, that was just, the thing? Uh, we were just talking about, he was talking about how great Pongo going down podcast memory lane. is. Yeah. yeah, and then he's going to start his own, and I'm like, oh, you're going to start your own now, huh? That's it? You're done with me? I'm chopped liver, huh? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Who would be your dream interview for the podcast and why? Again, you got to pick one. Dream interview for the podcast. Fuck. That is a... uh, I, I guess, you know, living people? Well, yeah. Living? Let's do both. Living and dead. Anthony Bourdain. Okay. Without a doubt, yep. I mean, being able to uh, tell a guy that he's done so much for me and we've never met, making me believe that uh, my voice has purpose apart from just cooking food. Anthony Bourdain did that for me and so many other people. It's incredible. And um, after he passed away, like, so many people have been left with just that. Like, you know, thank you for what you did. Living... um, and even if there's more than one, like let's let's suppose that you can have all the ones that come to mind, but which one would you put at the top of the list just in 
And it's someone that I've actually asked to be on the podcast, but I get that, you know, not a super public person. It's Jeremy Fox. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Fox, as a chef, I, I, I incredibly respect what he does, his journey, uh, his food, who he is, what he represents. Um, I, I think a lot of that, um, you know, yeah, okay. I would say that. Jeremy Fox. Yeah. Why is Jupina the greatest soda ever made? This assume I, Is this that you agree on somebody who wrote this new? Yeah, I mean, Jupina is the best soda of all time. Okay, why? I mean, I, I'm sure that... And tell the, the people what it is. Jupina is a pineapple soda that is um, drank a lot here in Miami. And it was, for me, I don't drink soda ever. So, like, that soda I drank my entire life. I can tell you that probably why it's so great is because it has 54 grams of sugar in a 12-ounce can. That's How does that why. compare to other sodas? I'm not even sure. It's about I don't the drink same. Soda, so. It's about the same. Okay. About the same. I don't drink soda either, but I know that's about the same. But it doesn't taste like pineapple at all, really. Okay. It's just, it's so delicious. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's why it's the best soda of all time. I, I, I've never felt like it's super uh, carbonated. Like okay. the carbonated nature of Hubinia is... I, that's what I don't like about sodas. It always makes me feel like this, like weird, like crunchy feeling in my stomach. Crunchy, huh? It's the only way I can explain Coke yeah, for yeah. me. Coca Cola always does that. When I drink it, it's just like this is like weird thing to my stomach. Hoopinia never did that for me. Uh, neither did Sunkist. Sunkist was uh, uh, was it Sunkist? Right? I don't. I never drank soda. So. Never? No. In your entire life. So here's the thing: is um, my I was my parents' firstborn. And, you know, like a lot of first-time parents have some stupid rule for their kids. <laughs> and my mom decided, like, if we let this kid drink soda, he's going to get fat, which, of course, worked very well. Um, You're killing it. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't actually, like, I never got used to the sensation of carbonation. And even, like, soda water grosses me out. I don't like it. Me too. If I drink beer, I'll drink, like, the heaviest, mealiest, low-carbonation beer around. Oh, yeah? And, and that I can get through, but you'll never catch me, like, chugging a beer, much less drinking soda. Any cocktail with, like, carbonation in it, I have to, like, I'll drink it if I'm just trying to be polite to whoever made it. Look at that. So, just just don't like the sensation. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. If you weren't in the restaurant, and I assume this means, like, the restaurant industry. Right. Where would you be? If I wasn't in the restaurant, what would I be doing? Yeah. My um, other thing I really enjoyed was radio. And hence why we're here, I guess. Yeah. Tell people about your, your radio career. We got into this a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So I, I did some color commentary on radio in college. Uh, and I was I, I was good at the color part, but the commentary was bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know shit about college basketball. I still don't know much about college basketball. More, more just like pro basketball. Did you only do basketball? I did baseball also. Which you know better. Yeah, and I would butcher their names, though. Like, the names of, like, people from the other team. And it was a bunch of, like, you know, because I was in Virginia, it was a bunch of, like, names I wasn't familiar with. It was better with, like, Vasquez and, like, Rodriguez, but I wasn't getting a lot of that out there. What was, uh, beyond just mispronunciations and fucking up on some technicalities, did you ever have, like, a major fuck-up? Like, did you ever, I did you ever say all... things you could not say I cursed. on the radio? Yeah. yeah. Did you get in trouble for it? Yeah, I got yeah. For, for sure. I was also always hungover, right? Because the baseball games were mad early. The basketball games weren't, but it didn't matter because I was still hungover. And um, it just didn't go super well. Okay. 
I also did a little bit of radio uh, in college, and I did curse on the radio, but uh, it was here's here's the story. What was your curse word? It was fuck ass. Fuck and ass were both in the sentence. Wow. So here's what happened: was this wasn't live. This okay. was all recorded, but you were like in a recording booth reading a news story, and this was in Spanish. In Columbia, Missouri. So, like, five people in a kitchen somewhere listened to this radio show. Mm. And it was, like, a once-a-week Spanish-language news roundup. And I was reading a story about something related to, like, an ice raid. And I was reading a script I myself had written. And I'm I'm terrible at just reading a thing when I know there's a microphone and I'm going to fuck up, right? Mm. It's just going to happen. So I'm reading this thing, and I'm saying, you know, you know, sé qué, no sé cuánto, y las autoridades hicieron no sé qué cosa, whatever, and I stumble over my own words, and I say, fuck my ass, I got to do that again. And I forgot to, like, cut it out after the fact. So nobody ever heard it. Like, three people in the world ever knew that I said fuck my ass on the radio, and nothing three happened. Three people, man. Yeah. Three so, people. Next question for Mike. What does, well, not what does he, what do you Look for in a podcast co-host. <laughs> By the way, this is, this is the picture that I posted with that. <laughs> Definitely not Nick. No. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the So far, the only consistent thing has been Belen Diplomas. Yeah, Belen Diplomacy. I mean... No, Belen Diplomas, me and Mike Ortiz. Oh, yeah. I think it's important that... Albeit you and I disagree and agree a good amount, there's a solid amount of discourse and conversation when we do disagree, and there's a solid amount of conversation when we do agree, which is rather rare um, to actually have, like, conversation. So I think the fact that you and I can carry a conversation without actually getting upset with one another is very rare, and I think that's why... This works so well. Good answer, Mike. Thanks, Nick. The next question actually is a little bit connected to a previous question. What is your favorite sandwich? And let's let's make this a, a two-parter. Number one, without getting into a specific place or source, your favorite type of sandwich. And then isolate like your favorite sandwich of all time, like this sandwich from this restaurant. Oh, man, that's tough. Because it's never like from that restaurant. Can I say like a before and after? Sure, yeah. However you want to do it. So growing up, my favorite sandwich always was uh, croqueta preparada. Always. Okay. And I've always really Tell enjoyed... Tell the people what that is. Uh, it's just a Cuban sandwich with croquetas in it. Uh, it's tough, though, because it's like... Because you, it, it, you can go Cuban sandwich or you can go like... One of my favorite sandwiches growing up was a, a thing called a cheeseburger bomb. Tell and me it was this. And it was at a place called Linda's Subs on Where? 87th and Sunset. Still there? I don't think they exist anymore. I don't think so. And uh, it was just like a bunch of chopped up like cheeseburger meat with American cheese and lettuce, tomatoes. And it was a mess. It was, it was, a, it was a real mess, but it was so fucking good. Uh, I, I remember that vividly. That's actually one of the, the great memories I have of my father was when he would take me there. Okay. So after, as a grown-up, grown, grown up, I think I encountered my fa- favorite recent sandwich uh, by having the Stanzione sub at Stanzione. What's in there? 
Oh, I, I honestly, I, I don't want to butcher it, so I don't know exactly. We would have to look up the menu so I know exactly what's in it. Is it a lot of Italian things? It's a lot of Italian things, Got and it. it's cold, and it's some spice, and it's it's fucking delicious, and it's twelve bucks. So, follow up question from me: Have you ever attempted to you yourself recreate the cheeseburger bun? No, no. I would love to though. Actually. You know, um, a cheeseburger bomb and a chopped cheese are very similar. You know what a chopped cheese is? Chopped cheese is kind of like a play on a Philly, but it's a bunch of cheeseburger meat, and you chop it up, and it's American cheese, so it's very similar to a chopped chopped cheese. So we did, at Chug's at the beginning, we did a chopped cheese, but with frita. So it was a frita chopped cheese. And the reason why it didn't stick, we didn't sell that many of them, but it was a mess on the flat top. Yeah, and man, it was fucking delicious. So good. So it didn't stick from a process standpoint, but customers must have liked it. I mean, they liked it. We didn't sell a ton of them because no, not many people knew what a chopped cheese was. I wouldn't have known what that was. But man, it was fucking good. Just like, you know, frita patties. I think it was two per order, and it, we served it on uh, on a Cuban bread, and just chopped up like Philly style, like bum 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 bum, American uh, slice of American cheese chopped up, bum bum bum, onions, the whole thing. Uh, a little bit of mayo spread on there, and it was papitas on top. So good. There you go. There's your answer. Next question. Does the Pancom Podcast logo look like a penis in a butt sandwich to you? Still in the sandwich theme, huh? Not, not to me. It, it didn't look like that to me, but apparently a lot of people feel like it looks like a penis in a butt sandwich. Well, not to me, though. Listeners, let us know at Pancom Podcast, wherever right. you do your social mediaing. Uh, does our does our logo look look like a microphone uh, having sex with a sandwich? Uh, I don't think so. Do you think so? I don't think so, but right. a lot of people do. A lot of people. A lot of people do. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are you know a little fucked up a little bit. Yeah. And here we thought we were the fucked up ones. I know. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you'll have an easier time interpreting this. Okay. Uh, what are your four essential kitchen ingredients? Ingredients. Let's put it this way. Okay. I'm going to, I'm gonna again, I know that I keep taking these and kind of parsing them out. Let's do, on the, the first version of the question, in a kitchen that's like fully stocked, right? Or a typical, let's say, home kitchen, what are the four things you see as being most important? And then the other version of the question, if you could only have four things in your kitchen to work with. Yeah, they would be the same. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Garlic, super necessary. Shout out George Masvidal. Yeah. Garlic, leeks. Oh, I'm sorry. Garlic, shallots, sherry vinegar, and lastly, pimenton de la vera. Tell people what that is. It is a, a distant cousin of the Hungarian paprika that Interesting. is used for Eastern European dishes. There is no substitute for this ingredient. Pimenton de la vera. Yeah. So so it's interesting that you said that was the same answer for both. When you're saying it's the same answer for both, is there something you're making with just those four things? I, I start so many sauces with those four things. Okay. So many. You know, garlic, shallots, pimenton, um, sherry vinegar. Like, that's a base of a lot of things for me. Okay. Now... The, the second version of the question was like, if there are literally only four things in your kitchen, okay, what do you want those to be? Like, you have to make a oh. meal and you only have four things oh, man. in the kitchen. I would, I would subtract uh, sherry vinegar and add potatoes. So your meal is potatoes with the other stuff. Yeah. Which sounds pretty solid to me. Yeah. 
So the next question is also a kitchen question. Okay. People apparently looking for your tips here on uh, on kitchen things. My 16 year old son okay. used a soap infused Brillo pad on our cast iron skillet. Is it still okay to use? Yeah, you have to retreat it, and you have to look up how to retreat it. There's a way to bring them back. Like cast iron skillets last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, if I were to tell you exactly how to do it, I'd butcher it. But um, if you Google how to how to bring back a cast iron skillet, it will it will happen, and they'll last a lifetime for sure. Your favorite album of all time? Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen. We've talked about... I don't know. It's tough because Born to Run by Springsteen also is like very close. You know, it's but like... It's, but it's not, it's not up there. It's very close. If you had to I pick mean, a second... I don't know because the thing is like... So if you look at the, both albums individually, right? Born to Run was basically... If I were to sit there for 10 years and think about the perfect menu that I would want to execute, that was what Born to Run was. And if you look at the last song on that album, it is absolutely fucking incredible everything like starts with violins and it's like a ballad and it's like but then darkness is so real and it has so much feeling and it has like it it was it was tough like darkness was like it was so raw and that's really where it's at so you you've done a verso sencillos dinner series maybe there's a born to run dinner series somewhere in the future maybe little springsteen dinner. maybe there you go maybe you heard it here first yeah Maybe. maybe Uh, all right, so that's where you'll find the chili on the menu. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Nebraska uh, chili? Because right. got an album named Nebraska. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, I, – I don't know what to make of this, but I'm curious to see what you will. Most beautiful Bangkok podcast moment. Oh, man. Um, when I had the opportunity to tell Norman that he saved my career, without a doubt. You know, like uh, – the. We've had so many episodes and so many great moments. And I feel like maybe I've told Norman that before, but being able to really put out there how I feel like he saved my entire fucking career, maybe more than once, but one time specifically was was very important to me. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the interesting things about not just doing a podcast, but having a a pretext for like interviewing someone, even someone that you've already known, it, it gives you this window to say and get into things that would just be weird in normal conversation. Like you right, might have right. said that, but you may not have said it in the full comprehensive way that you had a chance to say it then. And it wasn't right. an odd thing. Like you put a microphone in somebody's face and all of a sudden it opens this window of conversation that correct. Uh, so I will, I'll, I'll cut in a clip from that, but I would encourage people to go back and listen to the two episodes we did with Norman because I do, I do think that they're two of the best that we've done, and they were early on, but they uh, they early on, early on, yeah, pre thirty. What do you mean I'm going to go interview with Norman Van Aken? So I walk in this room, and it was the office. I was on the second floor. Yep. And uh, I was so like I'm I'm usually pretty cool under pressure, but I was cracking hard. And uh, you asked me <laughs> though just the very simple questions. So what do you think about food? And I'm just like, you know, I fucking love food. And I'm like, oh, man. And then the guy, <laughs> the guy in the other room, which was one of the sous chefs at Norman's at the time, laughs because it was such a like, simple answer. But now that I look back on that moment, it's still the same. 
like I was very true in that moment. And I think that um, you saw that. And for the rest of the interview, I was pretty much in shambles. Um, but I guess you liked me because you hired me. And, you know, that was like the beginning of a very incredible journey that had a lot of ups and downs. Um, and that was the first time I had ever met you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to fast forward to, I think, what was maybe three years after that. Maybe four. I don't know. I was at Norman's 180. Um, and then from Norman's, I left. You know, we all, things happened. And uh, we all left there. And I had gone to the local. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this time. And we had still been in somewhat communication. We would email back and forth, whatever. And I was, um, that was probably one of the top three lowest points of my life. Top right? three lowest. Okay. Yeah, lowest, lowest. And, and it had nothing to do with the local. Um, it was a nice place. Bottom three, though. Bottom three points of my life. And um, it was a very trying time for me. And you had reached out to me. And you were like, you know, we're going to open Tuyo. Uh, would you like to be a part of the opening team? And me, like a little arrogant fuck, I was like, no, I'm good. Because I was so in my own world and so just like inundated by like drugs and alcohol and like stuff. Just like all the stuff that's like bad about our industry, right? So anyways, uh, fast forward, I think like six or seven months after that email, um, my time at the local ended very poorly. Uh, I was let go for reasons that we can't share publicly. Um, but anyways, I was like on the street for like, you know, I was living somewhere, but in a very bad place. So I reached out to you and, uh, you know, I, I asked if you were willing to meet and two, you had already opened at the time, Matt Hawkins, which is the chef de cuisine at Ariette now and Gio Fesser, which is the pastelito papi and one of my best friends in the whole world worked at Tuyo at the time. Uh, and, uh. I was like, yeah. And you said yes, which I was shocked that you said yes. So this was like maybe three days after uh, everything happened at, at the local. And, you know, my world was burning and falling apart. And I was in like a really, it was like a two-day bender. Things were bad. Um, and I walked into what was your office in the back. Mm-hmm. And Jeffrey was there, uh, but he did not stay. And you just looked at me and you said, are you Okay. And I responded, no, I'm not. And we talked a little bit and you said to me, I don't necessarily have a position for you, but I will hire you. And that changed the rest of my life forever. 150%. You did not need to hire me. You did not need to, you know, help me at that point, And you did. So all I could say is thank you for that. I can see you sitting in the chair. It was by that table that was supposed to be a big prep table, but it ended up being a kind of an ad hoc right. uh, office for us because there was no other office. And you were, had this coat on and like, you, like you've been driving for 24 hours. It's close to it, yeah. And you were beat up. And um, the world had given you a serious whipping. Sure. Yeah. And, but I remembered your work and I remembered the promise that I saw within you. And so... Um, I wanted, you know, I wanted success. Like I've always wanted success. And the only way you get success is to build a team. I'm, you know, I, I am a 
member of a team. I happen to be typically I'm often the quarterback of the team, uh, but I would get nowhere if it weren't for the linemen, it weren't for everybody else, you know, right. weren't for the fans. So I knew we you need, were. We need the fans. We need the fans. We need the fans. They, they, they pay for everything. Yes. So you, you know, you had and have, you know, that intrinsic quality, that ineffable quality of caring so deeply. Yeah, your answer was true, Michael. You love fucking food. You didn't need to say it any fancier than that, really. I could see, see it in your, you know, like a method actor looks for truth. You were telling me the truth with your heart. And I appreciate that. Uh, going Again, going back to early on in the podcast, what happened to the shopping cart? <laughs> so it's funny. We uh, recorded the first 10 episodes at Chugs. Something like that, yeah. And... Um, Chugs has a storage unit, and <clears throat> the trash is actually like a hundred yards away, right? Yeah. So we would fill up this random shopping cart that the building has with stuff, and we would uh, shopping cart it over. And what happened to the shopping cart is it's still there, but we are not. Right. And who knows? Maybe when that thing reopens, we'll. It'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... What is your go-to fast food binge? Uh, I mean, a Crunchwrap Supreme Taco Bell. Crunchwrap Supreme. I, I had a feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, and it, what sucks is the last one I had was fucking terrible. So fucking bad. Yeah. They should be ashamed of themselves. That's engineering genius that they're just fucking up. How, but how did they fuck it up? What's the... Because was, no, was, was the engineering was fucked up? Or the, no, okay. it was limp. They didn't cook it enough. Yeah. It wasn't seared. It wasn't hot. You know, like, just... They just fucked it up. Phoning it in, Taco Bell. Yeah, they phoned it in. I will say, however, uh, I don't know what... I guess you could take this as praise. Over the course of the last 10 months, I've been to a few different drive-thrus. And Taco Bell, from early on, was the fast food place that, in my experience, took the most COVID precautions. Good for that. In a drive-thru. Good. It's a lot of like, here's an empty soda cup, drop your card in here, we're going to hand you this bag in a box that you pull it out of, like our hands are never touching. Uh, Taco Bell really uh, kind of went above and beyond as far as uh, good COVID good. Uh, precautions. Uh, granted, and, and this is not a knock on Taco Bell, at this point a lot of that is, you know, we know it to be bullshit because it doesn't spread that way, it's all airborne. It's not on surfaces, but they're still doing it. And they're still doing their they're, part. They're doing, they're doing what doing they can. They're, they're, they're taking measures. Right. Uh, so, croqueta doorstops would make a good Christmas gift. Will you produce them? If everyone gets on Patreon, okay, and starts giving us your money, yes, we will produce fifty croqueta doorstops. Oh man! How, how, I, how much? How many more people than now? How, what's the total number of patrons we need to have in order to send hundred? If we get 100 people on Patreon, everyone gets a croqueta doorstop. I will go out of my way and create this croqueta doorstop in, um, uh, as with a, a guest artist that is Sweet Baby Fred himself. The Art of My Anus. The Sweet Art of Baby My Anus Fred. by Sweet Baby Fred will create the croqueta doorstop, and I haven't talked to him yet, but I'm sure he'd be into he'd it. He'd be super down. We need 100 people on Patreon. 100 people on Patreon, and everyone will get a croqueta doorstop. 100. Yep, it's not that people. hard. Just give no, us all your so money. Patreon.com slash mag. <laughs> and you might get a mug if you pledge enough. Hey, uh, listen. There's some mugs out there. They, they exist. They exist. Uh, all right. What's the craziest thing 
one of your podcast followers has done. I got to say, our people aren't that crazy. No, they're not. I don't really know. I'm going to, I'll throw one out there. Okay. And this is a little bit crazy, but also kind of awesome. Uh, shout out to... Uh, ah! I know what you're about to say. Yeah, for sure. For that audio that we put in the last podcast uh, where he, you know, we kind of joked that we were going to do a 1210 The Man promo with Brett Romberg, and he yeah. turned it into a legit 1210 The Man promo. I'm going to actually... 1210 the, the Man should have zero promos because they suck. But ours is the best one they have. That's accurate. So I'm going to bleep out his name, by the way, because he works in the radio industry, he and does. who knows if he's going to need a job with 1210 The Man, but beep. But beep. thank you. Thank you, beep. Thank you, beep. That thump you just heard, that was my pen ass hitting the bottom of the table. <laughs> now on twelve ten the man. Romberg's pen ass hits yeah. the bottom of the table. That's gonna be our twelve ten the man promo on like every episode. <laughs> Are you on OnlyFans? No. I considered it, right? Because uh, the year's been tough, but um, but I'm no Bella Thorne, that's for sure. If you were on OnlyFans, what would your OnlyFans name be? Because you can't <laughs> You can't use your real name on OnlyFans. Chug it. Chug it? <laughs> what, what would you be, because uh, obviously on OnlyFans you got to subscribe. Like, What would some of the perks be for subscribers on OnlyFans? Uh, By the way, I mean, we're on Patreon. It's a little bit OnlyFans-ish. Is it? It's kind, it kind I've of. I've never been on Patreon, so I have no idea. works very similarly, but with less tits. <laughs> well, that sucks. <laughs> so OnlyFans is more like a strip club, and Patreon is more like a uh, casino? Uh, no, no. Patreon is just like a, it's like a department store. <laughs> okay. You got all kinds of different things. All right. People, different people doing different things. Some of them are a little sexy. All right. But all, most of them are not. And OnlyFans is like the inverse. OnlyFans is, OnlyFans is Patreon for people who want to get, get straight pornographic. Porn. But no, there's more than porn on OnlyFans, from my understanding. But I'm saying, like, that's where the like the limits are far. Like, there is no limit on Patreon. Or on OnlyFans, rather. Okay. Patreon, you got to keep it PG-13. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, that's a shame. What are you going to do? Uh, could you ever imagine your life without Nick? No. And I'll tell you. I Listen, I'm not, like, a very... I, I talk a lot of shit to Nick. This podcast would be absolute trash and actually wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Nick. It, it, it wouldn't exist. I don't know if I'm the reason it's not trash. No, but it wouldn't it, it's exist. true. Listen, there's a lot of like conversations that we have, and um, Nick intellectually challenges me to think, you know, more than I usually would. And also because uh, when we record this is also after a long day of work. That's right. So, you know, sometimes I. And Nick and I jokingly said through a direct message the other day, like, no, I'm always ready. I'm always on and ready to go. And Nick was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, kind words for, for me from Mike Beltran. Thank you very much. Moving on because uh, uh, compliments make me uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> You know what, Nick? You suck. Thank you. Barely. I'm so much more comfortable now. You don't understand how much you've put yeah, me at ease. No worries. What's I make the podcast. Me and Petey make the podcast. I, you know, like I, uh, my whole body just relaxed. Uh, what's no, but real, in reality though? Oh, you're gonna reverse the whole process. Huh? I'm gonna reverse the whole process. Yeah. This podcast is absolute trash without you. No, a lot not. of people always tell me that the only reason why this shit is 
even somewhat decent is because of the conversations that we have. Okay. That's good. Well, thanks to the, I mean, I'm glad that people are into it. I mean, you know, that's uh, good. That, I, no, that is good. Fuck. Whatever. If people like it, I'm, I'm happy. Now they just need to be on Patreon. They do need to be on Patreon. Maybe we should be on OnlyFans. I'm going to make it OnlyFans for us. We should make a Pancom podcast OnlyFans. Yeah. I actually like this idea. And all the nudity will be Petey the dog. <laughs> like the top tier, so, the, the $100 a month people get Petey dick pics <laughs> on, a regular, on a regular basis. So Pancom Podcast is going to have an OnlyFans. I don't see why not. I think this is a good idea. This is a great idea. This is the best thing that's come out of this episode. Do we have so a TikTok? Far. We don't. I refuse to do TikTok. Oh, good. For we're, you. we're too old for TikTok. That's true. Uh, what's your take on Tujron? Gross or great? Great. Tell people what it no, is. Oh, great. I mean, it's a, a almond nougat thing. A lot of different kinds, but that's like the I, that's, that's the, the one staple. that we yeah. have every Christmas. We actually, and I don't remember. I think we tried to remake it. I tried to do a guava version maybe two years ago, and it was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it's like an, I think it's great. Cool. Uh, what might people find gross about it? For, for side, the side note, Emma yeah. really packed this fucking. Did she? This, oh, she, she was like, no, we want to close down the bar. We're going to just we're going to wrap it up here. Shout out to Emma over there. Fuck. Uh, I, I can't relate because I just always have. Yeah, I know. I got it. Uh, hey, Mike. I like this, like, uh, the hey, like it's a letter. I like this is how everybody should. Hey, Mike. Are all chefs angry by nature? Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks. Um, angry by nature. I think that that's a really good question and a very uh, difficult one to unpack. I think that. Like for me, and we've had this conversation a lot over the last year, it's like, how do we become shepherds and not Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. But I have my Viking moments often. I'm not immune to that, and I'm aware of them, and I try to better myself from them. Um, and really, all those angry or Viking moments come from a place of, that's not right, and I want it to be better, and we need to be better. And that's really where it comes from. Um, being able to grow and nurture talent is something that a lot of people aren't good at. And it's something that I think hopefully my staff and my people around me feel like I'm pretty decent at. And I feel like I'm pretty good at it considering we're surrounded by my staff as we do this. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's one of those things that it takes a lot of time to kind of grow into because in my younger years when it was just kind of like me uh and i was a sous chef and i had a lot of stress yeah i was a fucking savage because in reality i was savage because i don't want to get bitched at that's about you what do you think would make somebody think that that's the case about chefs uh television yeah so you think it's just television or or how much of the television thing is? i just want to let's put this out there into the ether for the people that don't read do it Gordon Ramsay once cried at the feet of Marco Pierre White, right? Because Marco Pierre White was a fucking savage. If you've never read A Devil in the Kitchen, which is an incredible book about Marco and his life, um, I'm not 
co-signing Marco himself because I think he's turned into quite a fucking twat. Uh, but he is incredibly talented. His food has inspired me several times over. Uh, but he's a little bit of a fucking douche, to be honest. Okay. But Gordon Ramsay is of uh, a caricature. He is. Uh, if he was actually that, I would be shocked. Right. That people would actually want to work for him. Right. Um, so you know, I think food television has really brought. What, what is it? The asshole sandwich that Gordon calls it. He wraps people in fucking two sandwich breads. Idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich. Yeah, yeah something like that. So, so let me ask you this: When when you, I mean, I'm sure that by now, I mean, he, and he's also like a a TV veteran as well, right? So right. I'm sure he does a little bit of the show. But I remember when we were talking to Norman, he he mentioned uh, having passed on some TV opportunity because he was worried that he would be edited to look like a caricature. Sure, which is which is correct. Yeah, and I wonder how much for sure Gordon Ramsay, you know, does some of it on purpose. As anybody would have, you're concerned but with I being think successful. It evolved into that. It evolved into that, but I'm sure that some of it started with people saying, "Like, hey, this guy's extra colorful when he's really pissed, like for real." But if you cut out all the stuff in between, he looks just like ran- if somebody did a show about you and you changed nothing, but they just isolated all those things. Right, ran- randomly, randomly, uh, something unassociated but associated. So we we did, you know, we do our tasting menu videos, right? And I think it was in the first video I had a moment that I was angry and I, I slammed my hand on the the pass. And uh, it's just very my style. And it's not not yelling at anyone. I'm yelling at the world right. when I do that. Yeah, you're sort of like trying to hype people up. Right. I, rem- I remember that. It was yeah. like, uh, let's go, let's go sort of thing. Yeah. So I have a good friend of mine, dear friend, just like salt of the earth person. He's a food writer. Um Super intelligent, and he go and he and he told me he called me, uh, and he said, "Listen, I think that this video is great, but I think you should edit it." I said, "Tell me why." That this moment, this part of you is going to give people the wrong idea of who you are. And I said, "I, I see what you're saying," and he he he's more talking about the state of the the world now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the way that the world is going now. It's an angry uh, white dude. I'm not white. I'm Cuban. Uh, I wasn't. I sure. I wasn't angry. I, I was expressive. Yeah. And at the same time, I understood what he said, but I I didn't do it because that is who I am. And it, and for me, if people can't accept that about me, I don't care what kind of thing you, what kind of box you decide to put me in. I'm still going to be who I am. And the people, all these. Uh, crazy people around us that work for me, um, they know that's who I am. And I would never hide from who I am. So, like, the emotions and the extra whatever comes from a place of I want our guests and our people to have the best experience possible. It has nothing to do with me trying to be a fucking asshole ever. Yeah, and and I, I can see how somebody might see that, and I guess I could see how they would think that. But I remember that part of the video and i don't know i guess i just i i took it as being more a moment of intensity than anger but i also understand that person trying to look out for me and yeah, saying yeah, yeah. i don't because you know like that person knows very well they knew the, what was going on in the video well, they knew they know my goals and they were like this this may hurt your goals right but at the same time i said this is who i am 
And if being who I am hurts my goals, then I'm okay with not having any of those goals. Right. That's just the reality of it. But I love them for doing that. I really do. So we are coming up on, at least in recording time, this is going to edit, be edited down a little bit. Oh, but yeah? Coming up on the hour mark here. Are we? A little bit. Uh, yeah, time flies when you're having fun, Nick. So we're going to do our wind-down stuff, and then we're going to cut off the regular episode and get into the Patreon-exclusive stuff. Okay. So this is where we do the wind-down things. Uh, Listen, if you get on Patreon, you get right. a croqueta doorstop that I have no idea how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm going to make it happen. You and a hundred of your friends need to be on Patreon. That's fucking nuts. 25 bucks a month. It's not 25 bucks a month. As little as a dollar a month. 25 bucks a month. Listen, I'm trying to get that Bella Thorne money. I know, right I know. Well, Bella you, Thorne money. You got to be a little higher than a dollar to get a mug. So if you want a mug, you want to be higher than that. Uh, but yeah, you want to be in there for a croqueta doorstop. Uh, and we want 100 people in there. And you'll all get a croqueta doorstop. I'm not promising you how well engineered this croqueta doorstop will be. It, it could be fucking real bad. It could just be you the could cheapest actually get croqueta an old find. croqueta with some fucking uh, toothpicks. That might be what happens. That's actually exactly <laughs> what I have in mind. Uh, all right, so uh, recommendations. Anything you want to recommend to the people? Uh, there's actually things I wanted to recommend. Do it. Fuck, but I, oh, so I just had dinner at Le Jardinier. Le Jardinier I, I'm probably butchering the name um, in the design district. Okay. And I thought it was absolutely fucking exceptional. Um, Seth Blumenthal, the chef there, is a dear friend, and the food was so fucking good. Incredibly well executed. Service was great. I had a great fucking time. And I, I would recommend that till I'm fucking blue in the face. Cool. That's one. Um, recommend going to Nave. Nave just reopened Nave? today. Uh, I'm not sure what day it is today. Uh, what's today's date, Nick? Wednesday. Today's Wednesday the what? The, it's, I know it's December. It's, it's the 16th. The 16th of December. That means Nave is open now Wednesday through Sunday. Please visit us for all of your special occasions and whatever. If it's just a Thursday and you want a Snapper Milanese, we're here for you. There you go. Um, I watched a movie called Spare Parts with George Lopez. Okay. And it was about a group of undocumented Mexican kids. This is a, a drama or a documentary? It was a drama, okay. but it was based on a true story that they, um, long story short, they entered some aquatic robotic competition and they somehow ended up in the uh, college level one and they did very well and they actually won first place. It was the production of it is very corny. And pretty bad, but I thought the story was good, and I loved it, and, you know, I thought that was cool. So it's like Stand and Deliver, but with robots. It was what? Stand and Deliver, but with robots. Sure. You're not, you don't know what I'm talking about. No. Stand and Deliver is uh, similar in that it's Edward James Olmos. It's a true story about uh, a guy, a math teacher, who basically teaches all these, like, you know, cast aside kids in a very low performing school and they end up like outperforming a lot of people in perfect but same thing plus robots with robots there you go i also recommend um to go to sears.com and to get the ball stretcher (laughs) not to be confused 
with Ryan Pfeffer's recommended. Uh, it's, uh, he didn't recommend it, but he, we did talk about a foreskin stretcher. Uh, and that you haven't that, you haven't uh, unpacked that for the world. No, it didn't make the cut. I left it on the cutting room floor. It seemed too much. I don't know if well, Ryan, Ryan is a big deal, right? Infatuation.com, they they're you know, they're making moves. Yeah, they could use that foreskin bump. Maybe I'll they, put it maybe I'll The foreskin stretcher I think is a uh, necessity for some. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Should we Patreon that part? <laughs> If you pledge five dollars a month, actually, actually, that's more of like an OnlyFans. Part. You know, if you hang our croquetas from your, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you got to wear long pants with these croquetas hanging from your junk. Man, oh. this really took a turn. Oh fuck! Uh, any other recommendations from you? <sighs> I'm not sure. I mean, um, I I feel like I had one and I don't remember it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to recommend a thing. Uh, I watched a movie. I was at home, and I just wanted to watch a mindless thing. Uh, and I had not seen any of the newer Spider-Man stuff. Oh, those are good. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was a very, good time. Very good. Spider-Man, very, you might have recommended it at some point. I, you know, like, um, I have to say that the Marvel Universe has done a very good job. Much fucking better than DC World. Yeah, the, some of the Batman stuff was good with no, uh, Christian the Chris Bale. For, but the Christopher Nolan, uh, yeah. right? That's who did that? Yeah, he directed him, yeah. Uh, Batman stuff was very good, but, man, other than that, like, George Clooney's not Batman. Like, listen, George, if you're out there and you're listening, I love you, man. You're great in the airport or the terminal. Was that you? Was it? Uh, uh, that was Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, wait, wait, he was in a... They all look the same. They do. He was in a movie about a plane. Uh, he w- he was where he was a pilot or something. Tom Hanks was like living in the terminal. Right, he was living in the terminal. Uh, what was the one with George Clooney that? Um, he seems like the woman. sort of person who would be a pilot a lot of times. Fuck! I, I'm oh, gonna look the, it up. The, 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 you, the frequent flyer pledge, mile thing. The, it's like yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's like a love story, and American Airlines points are involved. If yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking flyer or some shit. If you, uh, uh, if you donate twenty five dollars to Patreon, then you'll find out the George Clooney movie I'm yeah, talking about. It was like a long commercial for American Airlines, basically. Perfect. Um, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I, it. it's not the terminal. George no, Clooney. I think it's like frequent flyer or some reference to advantage points. George Clooney net worth. That's not what I want to know. No. Just look up George Clooney. Uh, Airline Up movie. in the air. Up in the George air. George Clooney. That's right. He falls in love with a woman. They do a thing. It's all. It got a 7.4 out of IMDb and 91% by Rotten Tomatoes, which is all bought and paid for. So you're recommending this? I'm not. Oh, I, okay. We're just, uh, I don't just remember how we, how we landed here. I was talking about the Mar- you were talking about the Marvel Universe being better than DC, and then you got into <laughs> Up in the Air somehow. No, what I'm saying is that George Clooney should stay doing things like oh, Up in the Air yes. and not Batman. That's not fair to George. George Clooney's done some good stuff. He has. I'm just saying not Batman. Right. But not necessarily not like Up in the Air. Up He's in just the Air not was Batman. good. He's oh, just not up, Batman. But I'm saying Up in the Air was good. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That was great. That was a good movie. Also, I think one of the best soundtracks ever. Ever? Oh, soundtracks. Okay. A Bronx Tale soundtrack is absolutely incredible. Best yeah. movie of all time. Best movie of all time. Interesting. A Bronx Tale. Without a I would have a hard time with best movie of all time. No, but no I no. do think A Bronx that Tale. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is one of the best Cologino. soundtracks. Cologino. Cologino. C. 
Uh, all right, I'm, so that was my recommendation. I, last time I had like a thousand recommendations, so I'm going to cut myself off here. Shameless plug time. Do your shameless plugs. You already recommended Nave. Yeah, uh, no, Ariet. You know we're doing um, we're doing a menu. On the 31st uh, for New Year's Eve. One of the Betisol's dinners, right? It is the last one of the year, and we won't revisit it till March because I need a break. Cool. Um, we're also doing uh, a Christmas thing. We're doing a Noche Buena thing. We're doing a lot of things. So look up Ariette Miami yep. for all the things. Good stuff. Uh, Pangong Podcast. You can find Pangong Podcast on all the social media things. Dave on Mac. OnlyFans. Com. Also, starting next Monday, That's right. Pangong Podcast will be on OnlyFans with the the uh, Dick Sandwich. With the Dick Sandwich. And maybe some Nude Petey. Uh, <laughs> if you donate enough. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there will be a Nude Petey tier. Right. Uh, you want to get on DadeMag.com slash Pangong Podcast. Subscribe. Listen wherever you listen to things. If you go to the Dade uh, YouTube channel uh, or the or our website, I mean, you can find YouTube videos, but go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And finally, patreon.com slash Dade Mag. Uh, Are we actually going to release the, the foreskin stretcher video? No. We're not? No, I don't think so. It just doesn't fit. And I was like still fucking with the audio. I mean, I guess we, if do you really want to? I mean, I would ask Ryan if he's okay with it. I'll ask him. That's been like a. I mean, we've talked about it enough. We might as well. I mean, why not? I agree. We've never really asked anybody's permission. I don't want to start now. No, nah, but you know, it. like Ryan was good. He's uh, fine. Yeah, I know, but I mean, hey, listen, he gets the ethics thing. I don't want to have a special let's ask Ryan permission. He knew there were microphones. He knows the rules. I mean, it's a foreskin stretch, and it's video. not like he said he was wearing one. That's. <laughs> he just mentioned he that it had been written about. Yeah, no, that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. We'll put it out there. So okay. keep an eye out for our if you're foreskin on Patreon video. or OnlyFans for Pancom Podcast. You could find the <laughs> the foreskin stretch. That'll video be a Patreon with exclusive. Ryan Pfeffer that's from right. Infatuation.com. <laughs> uh, and that's where we'll cut it off. So uh, we're done here. If if well, we're done here until we start again right now. But this is bucks. this is where your podcast will end. Um, and then if you want the full thing, go to Patreon. It's Dade Mag, so patreon.com slash Dade Mag if you want to hear the rest of this. The only thing is, like, I feel like we haven't rubbed anyone the wrong way in this podcast. So Go we ahead, rub somebody, going. rub somebody. No, I don't want to. Oh, okay, I, well, so you got to pay to hear the rubbing. Sure. That sounds like a... Sounds like, like OnlyFans. Like OnlyFans, yeah. OnlyFans. All right. We're definitely starting an OnlyFans. That thump you just heard, that was my pen ass hitting the bottom of the table. <laughs> now on 1210 The Man, Romberg's pen ass hits yeah. the bottom of the table. That's going to be our 1210 The Man promo on like every episode. That was fantastic. <laughs>